Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard, still not suspended from the podcast. Along with me today is also not suspended from the podcast, Matt Matera, with his peach vibe Celsius. And I've got my Fuji Apple Pear Celsius. We will talk briefly about Celsius here in a moment. We've got actually a surprising, we were like, what are we going to talk about a couple hours ago, Matt? And now the headlines are full. Josh Wells is back with the Bucks. The we were planning on just moved. smoking, uh, we were just planning on smoking victory cigars for our uh, winning right. the, the whole the bracket and the poll and everything. But yeah. yeah, a ton of news to get into now. So this is yeah. great. We had a whiskey and cigars pod lined up for Thursday, which is off the table now because we've got a lot to do. Uh, we've got to talk Josh Wells coming back to the Bucks. We've got to talk about Peter Report being named the top whatever we were in that uh, media poll, Bucks media poll. Top um, yeah, top outlet, top personality. Did we win? So we beat the top personality. So does that make us both? I don't know. Right, personalities. because last year, Scott was also in it as a personality. Right. Like his Twitter handle is Pewter Report. So and I'd have to was like the final could have been Pewter Report against Pewter Report because oh, John been. Reynolds. That, yeah, it could have happened, honestly. That almost did happen. Matter. We're the champs. That That's all that matters. We're the champs. The Bucks are the champs. Everything is great. Yeah. That's true. It is great. Uh, what else is great is that Josh Wells is back with the Bucks. Gio Bernard, is he on the table for potential trade to the Bucks? Word on the street is the Bengals could be shopping the longtime running back who is still somehow just 29 years old, as Twitter marveled at today. Um, uh, what else is going on? Larry Fitzgerald, he's still out there uh, as a free agent. That's uh, unfortunate for him if he wants to keep playing, but I don't see what it has to do with the Bucks. We'll talk about that later on the show, uh, and we'll discuss best of the rest. What other free agents are out there that the Bucks could potentially uh, be interested in bringing uh, in? They haven't signed an outside free agent yet. Uh, will they? Don't know. We'll also look at the roster and just see. Is there any room for an outside free agent? And that'll all be coming up here on the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy that I am getting currently from my sparkling Fuji Apple Pear and you are getting from your sparkling limited edition peach vibe Celsius. These things are great, man. I'm telling you, healthy energy, they accelerate metabolism, burn body fat. There's no sugar in them, but the taste is unbelievable. There's no letdown in them, but they're an energy drink. There's no letdown after a certain amount of time. It's Celsius is kind of honestly like a little bit like a cheat code, kind of like Tom Brady when the Bucks got him this cheat code, right? Gronk, I agree. Brady, it's like uh, in the Fast and the Furious when they're in the race and you hit that Nas button and you just get going. That's right. exactly but there's, right. not, there's not a downfall, which is the That's best right. part. You could just keep going and then you're just back to normal after you know a couple hours right. later. It's a great you are, you are talking about something that not only does what you need it to do in terms of giving you a boost – but also taste uh, tremendous. So go over to Celsius.com, check out the store locator, find where you can get them near you. Bucks fans in the chat, drop what you've been drinking lately. Let the people know what Celsius is on your mind. Michael J. Kissed, my boy. I see you. I see you. He loves it. It's out there. Uh, so yeah, definitely, 
definitely let us know what you've been drinking uh, Celsius-wise, uh, and uh, we will uh, let you know what we think of your flavors as we go here. But, man, that's the sound. If you're listening on the audio version of the podcast later, that's the sound of me rubbing my hands together because before we talk about Gio Bernard and Larry Fitzgerald, Josh Wells is back with the box, Matt Matera. They continue, oh, yeah. they continue this incredible offseason of re-signing absolutely everyone that even slightly matters. Um, there really don't have any many people left that actually contribute to this team <laughs> at this point. I'm just wondering if they're just gonna like try and see if AQ Shipley doesn't wants to be like a player coach just just so they can say they literally re-signed. Well, I guess Andrew Adams and Joe Hag already left, but um, it's been quite an offseason though, and the Bucks get to bring back Josh Wells as a swing tackle for cheap. And essentially, that's what you want when you're paying your two top two tackles, or you're going to pay your top two tackles a lot of money. You want to keep bringing in a guy that can play for cheap behind them. Yeah, I thought earlier today, I was like, wow, are the Bucks going to not only just re-sign everyone that they want to bring back, but also not sign any new free agents strictly on the fact that they don't need anyone from like, an, I mean, yes, they, they could use other players that play for other teams. But they might, they're like throwing almost uh, not a perfect game because, you know, Andrew Adams left and, and Haig left, but they're close, they're throwing close to like a no hitter right now yeah. in terms of free agency. And it's just anything that you believe that the Bucs are going to do, whether it's re signing and Dom can sue, signing him because you do an extension with Donovan Smith, anything that you think is going to happen, it just happens. You throw that into the air and the universe sees it and says, okay, Jason Light's going to make ends meet, right. and everything's going to work in the Bucks' favor. It's unbelievable what they've been doing. But uh, for Wells, yeah, it's an important move. I think you've been on the record of saying that he's their most important backup offensive lineman. <laughs> Did I say that? I, mean, I guess he is now. At this point. I remember reading it somewhere. Oh, it's, it's one of our it's, many previews. Or it was probably Scott. Points, Scott loves like all the backups, man. He thinks, yeah. he thinks Blaine Gabbard's the next Brady. So it was probably <laughs> Scott. <laughs> hey, you never know. I know it's true. Hey, Craig says, and that's funny. I said what you've been drinking. I was meaning Celsius, but Craig says he's been drinking wild turkey. So good for Craig. Wild turkey neat. They always order that in the Sopranos. If there's any Sopranos fans here in the chat, especially Bobby Bacala, he always gets wild turkey neat. That's just a fun fact. I love. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying Celsius, a little bit of wild turkey. I mean, it could be a good mix. I mean, I, I, you know, had a little game day vodka, a little Celsius mix. I mean, that's. No more vodka either, Red Bull. So. It's vodka Celsius. Right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Bucks Fran says, can't wait to drink Celsius for the first tailgate at RJ of uh, next season. That'll be a good good time to break it out there. Uh, try some beforehand, too, if you want. It's, It'll be a Thursday stuff. night, too. It'll be That's a Thursday right. night. That's we'll Super Bowl champs. That's true. Um, so we've got this situation with Wells now coming back, where, Matt, one of the things we'll have to talk about with this roster is what the heck do they actually need? <laughs> where else is there even space? on the roster right. for other people, especially if you do get AB and Leonard Fournette back, where's there even space on the roster for other signings? So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but first I want to talk about a potential trade at one spot where we know, we know Matt, that there could be an opening. Is it running back? Even if Leonard Fournette is back, this is still an incomplete backfield probably at that point in time. They could wait until the draft. Sure. If Leonard Fournette's resigned, but again, I'm just looking at this room and I'm like, if Leonard Fournette's back, you really have to upgrade uh, the receiving role out of the backfield, the pass protection role out of the backfield. And who better to do it than, than a guy like Gio Bernard who from the Bengals, who was reported earlier today. Who said it? Was it Tom Pellett? I can't remember. Now. Let me look. Somebody said, they said Gio Bernard could be available via trade. And I was like, oh, the Bucks should be all over this. Um, 
Who was it that said? It? Do you remember? Uh, I remember everyone talking about it. And that's the problem is like, oh, it was Tom Pelissero. I was right. Was it? Okay. Yes. He said multiple teams have called to inquire about Bengals running back Giovanni Bernard per source, barring a restructured contract. Bernard, one of the NFL's top receiving backs and still only 29, could be headed elsewhere. It's possible. He didn't say the, the Bengals were shopping and he said other teams are calling him. I'm actually, frankly, I'm stunned that Giovanni Bernard has not been traded before this the point in, in time. I mean, the Bengals have not been good for a long time and, I just feel like he's going to answer the piece. Other teams be interested in any resources, but you have to remember the Bengals don't really do things that make sense as an organization, especially when it's come to rebuilding and retooling their roster. So just because Tom Pelissero is saying this does not mean the Bengals will actually trade Gio Bernard. They have done this many, many times before where a player, there's been interest in a player. They've had trade off player and they just said, nah, like they're, the weirdest run team in the league i mean bar none right and it's like what 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 even would be the 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 val the trade value for giovanni bernard i mean i would think it's something like just a late round pick maybe the bucks throw that comp pick that they recently got for giovanni bernard yeah. i mean i don't think I, is a team going to give up a fourth round pick for him i highly doubt it unless you think mm. he's like the missing piece to winning a super bowl which no offense to him i don't really think any team is a Giovanni Bernard away from winning a Super Bowl? Well, it's exactly right, and it's a good point. It's why the Bengals not trading their highest value is another just completely – they have no foresight as an organization. But, I mean, what are you going to get? Look at this guy. Look at this man. I mean, look at that stash. That man is going to get – That might I mean, be number might, one on the He might fetch a third. He might fetch a third with that stash, man. That's true. Awesome. When, you, when you put in that factor, it definitely bumps him up a draft pick. Absolutely. <laughs> But one of the things, though, I like about Gio Bernard as a potential fit with the Bucks, though, is that he's he's a good receiver for sure, and he can make people miss as a receiver. He's accomplished in that role. He's not a guy that is going to take over feature responsibilities or even really push for that at this point in his career. But he will fill a role for you and will do it well. And if you need him to rush for a game, he can do that too. You know, he's done that effectively and just fine throughout his career. Again, I wouldn't pay him as a feature back or anything like that, but. You know, he's fine in that regard, too. But mainly, yes, a pass catcher. I mean, he's 342 receptions in his career for almost 3,000 yards. He's average of his career, 8.4 yards per catch. So, I mean, he's productive for a running back in two yards per catch. And he's been consistently productive throughout his career, too. Uh, 11 touchdowns receiving in his career. But one of the things that really stands out to me the most about him is pass protection. He's been one of the best pass protecting backs for years. That's a big reason why Cincinnati has wanted to part ways with him is that he still stands out in that regard. And that's something the Bucs obviously really need. Right, and that's something Bruce Ayers talks about all the time. I mean, we, we've mentioned in the past that Ronald Jones has gotten benched because he's not able to pass protect. And this is a guy that you know when Bernard's in the game, it's more than likely going to be a pass play. But as you said, he does have experience being a starter. Mostly it was because the, the, the starting running back was out, but that experience helps. Even looking back at last season, and I think there's, uh, there's something to be said about a player like Bernard that's on a team like the Bengals that just – you know, they've made the postseason in the past, but, you know, they they haven't won a postseason game in a very, very long time. I think there's something to be said about uh, a player that's on a team that is just so battered and beaten down. You go to a new team, let's say hypothetically goes to the box. That guy's going to be even more inspired than he's probably ever been in his career because he's finally with the winner. And even yeah. on a team like the Bengals last season where there was some inspiration with Joe Burrow there until yeah. he got hurt and was out for the rest of the season so we bounced around with a couple different quarterbacks but even with that he had um 355 receiving yards on 47 catches compared to ronald jones i believe he had 165 receiving yards so that's a guy mm. 
you could plug in right away. And obviously Jones is splitting with, with Leonard Fournette. And obviously they, they moved around with different third down running backs, but I mean, it would, we talked about it a ton. It'd just be so key if the Bucs can just have one guy they could totally rely on and you don't have to get a little worried when it's a third down. And Because Brady loves dumping off the ball to a running back, and yeah. I don't think we even totally saw that last season because – I'm not saying it's because of a trust thing, but it's because you, you knew you weren't going to get the maximum potential you could in the past that what you've seen with Brady throwing to a running back until Leonard Fournette really – stepped up his game in the postseason. So I think Bernard would be an absolutely a great fit if somehow the Bucs could make that work. <laughs> yeah, definitely would be. Edward asked a good question. Uh, if the Bucs sign him, am I going to grow the stash? I probably will not, not because I wouldn't try to or do it for the fans, but I think that my wife would probably leave me if I grew the stash. I've, I've done the stash as a joke before, and it's not gone well, um, let me tell you. So probably would not be the move for me, although I, would, I appreciate the fact that you thought of that because it would be very funny. Jack wants to know, John, I'm confused. Bernard is a bad runner. He's, he's bad. He's terrible. Just kidding. He wasn't used as a third down back in Cincinnati. His third down conversion when given the ball is low, and he seems more like a running back that can catch, not a receiving back. There's an interesting distinction in the last part of Jack's question that's true. Running backs that can catch versus running backs that are receiving backs that actually like line up in the slot, run routes, things like that. He isn't that, I don't think, but he is a running back that can catch. Uh, if you watch the Bucks last year, that was hard to come by. <laughs> Just yeah. a running back that could purely catch and get upfield. He's smart in the open field. He is not an explosive, you know, Alvin Kamara type player. There's nothing like that in Gio Bernard. I mean, I think we know what we're paying for here. That's why he's probably a fifth round pick and a contract restructure. He knows he'd be taking the less money. I saw some people talking about the cap hit. I wouldn't worry about that because what Pellicero was referencing is the team's really interested if there's a restructure so and you have be a, yeah right Sorry. I mean, exactly right. right but you're right that's that would be what would have to happen yeah there was no way he'd be getting paid that amount or the or the Bengals end up releasing him and then he just you know maybe that's the route he ends up going again this doesn't thing oh this could this is likely to happen we're just saying should it happen or should the bucks look into it is it a good fit I think all of those things are true. The other thing, Jack, that you didn't mention was his pass protection skills, and that's where, again, I think he upgrades. So Bernard would be like a piece of the puzzle. At this point, you're looking for a piece of the puzzle. If you're not drafting or running one of the top three backs in the class, you're going to do it. It's going to be patchwork again. Um, and so right now we want to have that in place so that then when the draft comes, everything you do there is a luxury. Um, and, you know, and so maybe bring Leonard back is enough uh, to do that. I don't think Leonard and Bernard, obviously, but if Leonard doesn't come back, Bernard's a good option. Ronald Jones can be feature guy. You draft somebody. Bernard can be a change of pace guy. He can catch the ball. And then you see what happens with Keyshawn Vaughn. My thing with Keyshawn Vaughn has stayed the same. And I don't know if you agree, Matt, but I'd like to have him on the roster. You just cannot count on Keyshawn Vaughn to be one of your top backs next year. One of, if you're going to do a rotation deal, you can't count on him to be one of those guys, in my opinion. I just don't think that's going to that's gonna work in your favor. It might end up working out, but it's not a smart plan to kind of go into the season that way. Yeah, absolutely. You can't put all your trust and hope that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to quote unquote, figure it out or take the next step. What I will say though, is I think he's really going to be a guy that's going to benefit from actually having a full training camp and a preseason this year. Cause in that, you know, in that fourth preseason game in the first two, he's going to get a ton of reps and more reps than he probably ever got. I don't want to say in practice, but like clearly in a game or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I think just learning Bruce Arians offense with which isn't the easiest to you know totally formulate for new guys coming into the league. I think for him, just getting all of those reps, and remember he had COVID last season too, where he was on COVID protocol, so he missed time with that as well. I think 
he's I don't want to say he's a wild card because that's not the right term, but he's right. a he's an optimistic question mark, I guess. Yeah, like, that's if, he if, if he doesn't pan out, then obviously you have a backup plan with either Fournette or another free agent running back that comes in and they're probably going to draft one. But if he uh, exceeds expectations, then he's a guy that, you know, you're set for, and we don't have to get too far into the future because we're mm-hmm. not even into next season yet, but he's a guy down the road too, that you wouldn't have to worry about drafting or not drafting, uh, signing another veteran free agent running back because you can count on Keyshawn Vaughn. So I think preseason to, to, I guess, in summation of what I'm trying to say is preseason is really going to be a big, big time for Keyshawn Vaughn to prove because he's going to have competition with the rookie running back that's coming in. So it's yeah. a big time for him right now. Right. And Michael Anderson says, why trade anything for mediocrity? Because you aren't you likely to get mediocrity in the fifth round. Any stat will show you that. Um, so if you trade a pick for something that's proven, yeah, it's a great move. I don't understand why teams more teams don't do it. You are just your percentage chance of hitting on a day three pick is is low. And I'm not saying this is the MO for that situation. Like this is what has to happen in this situation. I'm just saying in general, it's not a pick that you you, know, you have to ask if you're more likely to get a player this good, even for a year or two at this at this pick, probably not, you know? So um, I think that that's, that's part of the equation, obviously, but at the same time, I mean, that's doesn't mean they should do it for Bernard or anything like that. Um, but I do think there's an interesting potential fit there. Somebody asks, is Rex Burkhead still an option? Yes. I think he's still an option. He's probably one of the few good options out there for the Bucks because again, pass protection matters. You're looking for a guy that's going to fill a role at this point. If you're going to fill a role, you need to have something that you can hang your hat on. <laughs> and that's what Burkhead has. With pass protection, so that's I wouldn't I wouldn't mind option. him in like a goal line situation too. Obviously, Rojo can get it done, but like you know, if he needs a yep. break, I wouldn't mind Burkhead in a goal line situation. Did, did he did he get the Jets out of the goal out of in the goal line? Did he get him a few times? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people got the Jets at the goal line. <laughs> just Rex Burkhead, but um, oh, keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would be solid there at the goal line, though. And obviously, yeah, like he he. I, if you play for the Patriots and you're running back, you're going to be able to make receptions and things like that. Good bless you for those Thank you. listening. He John just sneezed. Well, I muted Mike. Did, you didn't hear that, right? I muted. No, it. I just I I saw. Okay, it. you saw. Okay, all right. Making sure the I mute thought it'd been rude if I didn't say anything. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, no, I think you're right about Bernard. But the other guy that that people have asked about in the chat and and people have asked about on Twitter too, and I get it because it's a name. But oh my goodness. Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> you would be literally taking Le'Veon Bell just for pass protection. At this Can you point. imagine if him and Antonio Brown are in the same locker room again? Oh my god, they were really good friends in Pittsburgh. Then I think Bell kind of criticized AB, and they might have had some falling out. I don't think they've stayed in touch. Two, ra- two rappers as well. They both. Uh, right. I think Bell has an album, and obviously AB has that that song. AB, AB dabbles. Yeah. <laughs> And you get some uh, freestyles going on in the locker room. Yeah, well, I just think Bell's cooked. I just really do. I don't think there's anything left there. Wouldn't surprise me if he's not in the league. He'll probably be a, to me. I would guess he's a he's an in season ad for somebody when somebody gets hurt. Yeah, um, it's crazy how fast it goes, man. But he just doesn't. I mean, even as a phase out in, in a role like that, and but he was a great pass protector in Pittsburgh, though. Probably the best, one of the best pass protecting backs I've ever seen. So maybe I'd have to look at last year's. I mean, you you might know better than me, but was there any way that he stood out with the Jets? I mean, even when he got he chances, a, a very solid receiver. I remember his, yeah. his first year, he like the Jets had no offense at all. They were playing the Bills, and the Jets had like defensively they they got like three turnovers and got I think six points out of it or something like mm-hmm. that. But they finally scored a touchdown, and it was a pass to Le'Veon Bell. Then he got hurt though, and that kind of like derailed everything else. But 
I mean, yeah, you talk about the passing game, very solid, very solid pass catcher. I always found him so interesting because he was such a patient running back. Like he would get the obviously you know this, but he yeah. would like get the handoff and then he would wait for for uh, you know the holes to open up and then he would hit it versus like every other running back just go straight mm-hmm. at it. I always found that so fascinating about him. He's, yeah, very unique style. And the fact that it worked over and over again in Pittsburgh for a couple of years there at least was very impressive. I I just am laughing inside because I'm imagining Bucks fans, even some who are asking about the move now, when they actually watched Bell, <laughs> when they actually watched Bell, like compared to the backs they have now, they would just be furious because the backs now at least they go, they right. How many times have they been dropped for a loss? Like, even not very often. It's the one thing you could count on the Bucks backs this season. They weren't going to waste a lot of time beyond the line of scrimmage. They were going to run right into the first defender as fast as they could. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't get that with Bell. You would get a ton of stop, lateral movement, stop, shake, stop, juke. You know, it's, uh, they would just be furious. <laughs> as soon as he lost three yards and the put the offense in second 13, it's like, put Ronald Jones in there. He'll run as hard yeah. as he can directly in a straight line. Uh, but no, I, I just don't think Bell has much left in the tank, to be honest with you. I think that this is kind of, this is the end for him, to be honest. And so um, I really wish that his career would have gone differently than it did. Um, I think that year off, he just never came back the same player. I don't, I don't know why he did have injuries before that. So maybe, you know, it, it caught up with him uh, at running backs. It's hard to figure out, but he just really, when he was with Kansas city, it just, was I just I mean that, that wasn't like a great backfield right like no it's a backfield you should have been able to like if you had something off in the tank you should have been able to like especially because they had guys hurt too so he would have been right. for, at least for a little bit the primary running back and just right. never and then he got hurt as well I think so it just yeah uh, yeah it never worked out and it's, I don't know it's unfortunate to see because he was so talented and I hate seeing really good players have like a significant decline especially for guys that mm-hmm haven't won a championship yet and things like that. I always, I always feel for them. Right. I agree. Another guy that I think is washed is Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> As I was Man, saying, I just, like, all right, this is a good segue for, uh, for your boy. I Larry. don't get it. Why are we talking about Larry? I know why it's because it's literally the most surface level thing, right? The Bucks. He was with Arians before. It's easy I mean, to connect the dots. Which it's easy is, to connect yeah. the dots, but it's so ridiculous. Like Larry Fitzgerald would a be so redundant on this team. They already have if he, if you say if you even think he has something left in the tank, which is point number two, honestly at this point, he would he's literally like what Godwin and Charlie Johnson already bring to the offense. And you know, I know people are like, oh, he could play that role. Well, what what's, would he be? Why would you want to give Larry Fitzgerald snaps over Tyler Johnson? Like at this point in their career, it doesn't make any sense. So you're going to have Larry Fitzgerald be your last receiver, and then he's going to play special teams? All of a sudden, well, no. yeah, I mean, he's not going to play special teams. Right, so why, when's he active? How, like, it just doesn't make sense. He, he can't play on the outside anymore. Like he, he can't play inside, to be honest. Like, he he's done. He just needs to retire. And he's out snowboarding somewhere now on a trip, and good for him. And I love Larry I think he's had a great career, but it just is what it is at this point in time. Like, he doesn't offer the team anything. And people compare him to AB, and we had this conversation with Scott earlier today, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, AB <laughs> – Right, you the character thing because I think it's got to be like it's got to be dissected this this question slash argument. If it's like, would you rather have Larry Fitzgerald or Antonio Brown for the same exact price? It's obviously Antonio Brown. You would be insane to be like, no, Larry Fitzgerald. He's he's the better fit. Obviously, what comes into play is like Larry Fitzgerald is one of the greatest human beings of all time versus everything that we've spoken about already with Antonio Brown and his issues. But I think where some people might look at it at it is 
okay, if the Bucs can't get Antonio Brown, should they go after Larry Fitzgerald because it makes sense for A, B, and C with knowing uh, Bruce Arians and the coaching staff? Even then, I don't necessarily hate it, but at that point, I would rather, if you're not going to get Larry Fitzgerald, uh, if you're not going to get Antonio Brown, I would rather the Bucs not even sign another receiver mm. and just go with, you know, having Scotty Miller as your guy and having Tyler Johnson. Because obviously we know what Scotty Miller can do. He's great down the field. He's always going to be that vertical threat. And Tyler Johnson, I think the really exciting thing about him is he was only a, a rookie last year, obviously, and he had flashes of good plays. We were like, okay, I can build on top of that. Oh, yeah. And I think especially a middle round pick like Tyler Johnson was, that's that's all you can ask for, especially when you have a team that already has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You don't need Tyler Johnson to be the number one guy, but you saw flashes where he made important plays for this team, and I think that's great. So as, as cool as it would be to have Larry Fitzgerald there, and there's certain things I guess he could do for the team, he had more receptions last season than Scotty Miller. Now, obviously, Scotty Miller had way more of an impact <laughs> for the Bucs than Larry Fitzgerald did for the Cardinals, but if someone wanted to make that argument, I, I guess... Yeah, well, in that that Cardinals offense, remember that Cardinals offense is like, you know, take the snap and throw the ball type of offense. Yes, that's true. They just force fed them, which is a big reason why their offense, frankly, wasn't very productive at certain points of the season is they're force feeding a guy who didn't do anything with the ball when he got it. Um, They're force feeding that guy touches. Uh, It was a very weird approach. And, um, you know, uh, but we digress there. And just to say that Fitzgerald, I just think, again, like I think he's done regardless. But even if he isn't, the Bucks are one of the worst fits for him in my mind, uh, even though he said just because of who they have already. It just doesn't make any sense. And A.B., you know, if he comes back, obviously he's superior to, to Fitzgerald in almost every way that matters, you know, except for blocking. And even then, it's like, well, what are you going to have? What do you, would you rather have? You know, if Chris Godwin and Tyler Johnson go down, would you rather have a guy that, you know, makes plays down the field and can make plays with the ball in his hands and can separate uh, and get open? Or would you rather have a guy that can block as your other receiver? I, I'd rather have Antonio Brown um, in a situation like that. And so um, I I respect Larry Fitzgerald a ton. I think it's very sentimental to want him in Tampa Bay right now. I don't see that uh, as a move that makes sense for either side, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, Antonio Brown is is an all-time talent. And I think, too, a lot of times with any big-name player that automatically becomes a free agent, or I guess in Larry's situation, he, he, uh, he could pretty much – if he wants to keep playing, like there's a team that would want him. But anytime there's a big name, that's a possibility. But like people are always like, oh, he should go to the Bucks. It, ha- it happened years ago when they weren't good, and even up right. until like two years ago. And you see it now, now that the Super Bowl champs, like any, they can do anything, really. Anything is possible. So um, I right. think people just like to attach big names to to you know teams that are successful and, and in play. some ways in some ways i kind of get it like i mean i was kind of like you know leonard fournette and ab thing didn't make much sense to me last year and you well, know you can cool. argue we've, that, seen it, we've seen it happen now where right. so now it makes it harder go to for the bucks and wham now gronk right. is on the bucks oh antonio brown should go to the bucks now he's on the bucks i just remember right. like a couple years ago going back to Le'Veon bell it was like Le'Veon bell should definitely go to the bucks Tyron Matthew should definitely go to the box. Patrick Peterson should definitely go to the box. It's like, all right, big name. Yeah. I get it. Ideally, it would be cool. And now we're seeing the the quote unquote Madden team, as I said, with, right. with Gronk and Leonard Fournette. And so, so I don't right. know. It's mixed up everything in this world. Yeah, I agree. It's uh it's it's kind of thrown everybody's sense of reality off, right? Like maybe this is possible. <laughs> yeah, maybe all these things make sense, but um 
at some point, you know, the Sean McCoy's Ter- draw the line at some Terrell point. Terrell Owens is going to somehow be linked to the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> he would be more productive than than Larry Fitzgerald for the Bucks if they Let, both suited up. Let's now. To is going to go to the Bucks. To Ocho Cinco is always talking about how he's still healthy and, and yeah. ready to go. So. Um, no, I think that uh, this is a team in the Bucks that's pretty much set, and that makes the next part of this tricky, Matt. Like, where the heck did this team go for a free agent if they won't? You know, everybody's like, I just want to see one outside guy come in. I think part of it's just the fun. Like, somebody yeah. new, like, how does he fit? You know, and, and obviously they're one of just maybe two teams, three teams that haven't signed an outside free agent at all right now. And, oh, yeah, Jack says, John, don't forget we are trading for OBJ. That's of course, true. Yes. Uh, how Trader, trading for OBJ. We should go through all. There's probably more scenarios I've forgotten about now at this point. But um, that is one of the things that, that is so tricky about trying to figure out, okay, let's just look at – let's say that Blaine Gabbard and Ryan Griffin are back as expected. Quarterback's out of the question, right? You're not signing a quarterback. Wide receiver. Let's say AB's back as we expect him to be, especially at this point in time. Somebody said, by the way, to Seattle, I don't know if it was Pat McAfee talking about what Diana Rossini said or if it was Diana Rossini who said or if Pat McAfee was conjecturing on what Rossini was reporting. She was reporting about the tension, ongoing tension between Russell Wilson and Seattle. And he mentioned that, I don't know if he was saying she said it or if he was just saying it, but he said he doesn't think Antonio Brown's going to go to Seattle. If that's the case and if that's true, that really takes, I don't know who would sign it. I mean, because the teams that would be like, interested in a risk like that i just i mean the bills are off after that whole you know debacle patriots are off the table i would guess um uh, you know seattle that would take them off the table um so again i don't know where the market comes for ab so let's say ab's back you've got what godwin evans ab miller johnson your sixth receiver is going to be a special team or a young guy a return guy it could be mickens it could be justin watson but that's not somebody you're signing for age you're going to draft a right. guy they're all going to battle it out. It's going to be great fun. You know, that kind of a deal. Like, that's what's going to happen. So, no wide receivers. Cam Braid's still on the roster. <laughs> we'll see if yeah, Anthony will you, you don't need tight end, obviously, if Cam Braid's still going to be there. That's right. So, uh, so there's no tight end need right now. They brought back Josh Wells and Aaron Staney. Joe Hag left. I think interior offensive line's an option. Uh, veteran yeah, center. I, I, I wouldn't hate if they got one more. But, again, like, that's where the draft comes into play. And, obviously, I think – uh, one of the big options they could do there is is, is draft a, a future, maybe a future starting, but you know at least a key backup offensive lineman there. Right. I really look at honestly, I think the two positions they could really look at in free agency is running back, which obviously we already talked about, and um, you know they could still use a a, a veteran corner out there. I mean, when when is uh, Ross Cockrell coming back? Right. Yeah. That I think you're exactly right on offense. It's hard to find, but I would do think center is one. I want to say that that. They brought in AQ Shipley last year. They didn't feel like they had anybody that could snap or they count on. Yeah, uh, That's the one position I wouldn't be super surprised. There's a lot of veteran centers out there you can sign for a million. And I wouldn't be super surprised if they went out and signed somebody like that. And then they draft another guy. Or maybe they feel like John Molson's ready for a center role. They liked him last year. We'll see what happens. But they right now, I mean, Aaron Stinney, I don't think he, I don't know that he has any snapping experience. He definitely wasn't working at center last year, but they don't really have backup center. And that was definitely something they prioritized and looked for before the season. So I would imagine that will still be on the radar. They could wait until after the draft, too, like they did with Shipley. Plenty of options yeah. out there to look into. But that's really it on offense, right? Like, I don't know that they would go. Yeah, Remember, they, Brad Seaton's coming know, back, they, too. Uh, they dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's. They're, they did their due diligence there. You right. know? There's, there's not really too many. Uh, not yeah. really too Except many. Running back, you know, yeah. And running back. 
But if Leonard comes back, I mean, they're probably that's it, probably right. Yeah, and they're, they're, you're good to go. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Like you don't right. you don't need to address something where it's like ah, oh, we already got that covered. But like, just I, I know we like to talk about flooding the position, but again, as I said, that's where the draft comes into play. You don't need to spend for someone if if, if you don't have to, you know? Right. Exactly right. So I think that at that point in time, you look at okay, let's back AB's back. Wide receiver's good. Running back good. And this is until the draft, by the way. Um, you know, we're we're set at running back until the draft. We're set at wide receiver until the draft. Center could be a possibility. And then you talked about defensive line right now. What are they four, five deep? Captain Khalil Davis on defensive line. You got Pat O'Connor coming back too. So you have still McClendon up in the air. Uh, let's say he retires just for the sake of the argument. Maybe a backup nose tackle. You know, Nacho could play that role, but he's pro- they brought in McClendon for a reason, right? Again, if yeah. you ship like situation, they thought we need another veteran guy here. Mike Pennell was has been a good nose tackle throughout his career. He could be an option, I think, that's still out there on the market as far as I, I haven't seen him sign with anyone. Run stuffer will be cheap, older, looking for his looking for to, to ride out on a high note probably. Um, he could be a guy that I think that they could be interested in signing. Again, just depth on the defensive line. Guys get hurt. You're ready to go. Um, linebacker, I think it's more likely to be a rookie, right? Like they have, they have the older veteran special teamer and mentor. And, and yeah, you already, have the, you already have the main three. I mean, Levante, Devin White, you know they're never going to come off the field. So obviously, hopefully they're healthy. And then right. Kevin Minter, I'm very, I, I'm very confident if he has to play in a starting role, I'm quite confident that he can do it. So yeah, then it pretty much just comes down to Number okay, four, guy, yeah, and well, number yeah. five too. We'll see if Ryan Smith comes back. Nothing's right. happened with him yet, and, and Herb's still around. Herb, so you got Herb. Yeah, I think the Herb corner thing is so out. interesting too because everyone's going to say bring back Ross Cockrell, and I'm 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 in that party as well too. You should bring Me him too. back. Um, eventually, I I feel like with with the second de- defensive backs in general, I think is the number one position in football where it's like, okay, if you have to. There's gonna if there's gonna be an injury, they always talk about like taking a guy off the street or whatever. And I always felt like defensive back is is like that number one position. So it's like, okay, well, if you don't bring back Ross Cockrell, who again played above average, is there really a guy specifically that you're like, oh, I think he's a really good fit for the box defense to be like a number four corner? At that point, I think it's more just like, oh, okay. This guy's been in the league like he had a good season in like 2015 or something like that. Let's give him a shot there. But I don't think anyone at this point in free agency, like obviously Richard Sherman's out there, but I don't think he's going to come to the box. I think it's pretty clear cut not to bring up my Jets, but it seems like he's going to go to the Jets and go back with Salah. But everyone else. Is that the direction things are heading with Richard Sherman back to the Jets? Uh, Sorry, you cut out there for a second. But um, Is, is Sherman going back to the Jets? Well, he's never played for the Jets. Or going to the Jets, going back to Salah. Um, I, I've seen some things that kind of link them together, and it would make sense. I mean, at this point in his career, he's more of just a – some people say he's still got a little gas left in the tank, but I I don't think anyone would really sign him to be, like, the right. number one guy on a team. But, you know, he's – He'd be the number one guy on the Jets, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's an emotional guy. You know, he, he gets the people going. You know what bothered me about that, though? It's because, like, him and Darrell Rivas have such beef, and, like, I'm a huge Darrell Rivas guy. I would hate to see him, like, be on Darrell Reeves' team. But that's a story for another day. Tampa Bay Buccaneer great, Darrell Reeves. I would love to have Sherman in, in Tampa Bay, but that is not happening. I think it would I be just, cool. Right, because it's like he's still going to start, and then who do you – I mean – Again, I don't. I think he's better than Jamal Dean or Sean Murphy Bunting, but the Bucks invested in him for a reason, and they both took a step. Uh, you know, especially toward the end of the season last year. I'm sure the Bucks are want to 
on a plan to have those guys play. So I think the number four corner is more likely to be somebody who is like a Ross Cockrell or Herb Miller type. Yeah. Um, now Herb could be ready for the number four role uh, if it happens. So we'll have to see how things play out with Ross Cockrell. He's a guy that's waited late a couple times before, I think, in his career to sign. Yeah. Um, so that could be the case again. We could be looking at that situation with him and with AB, to be honest. AB's got that December court date. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's got anything uh, before uh, that point or whatever, but I, I do think that that could be something that you're looking for with him. Um, is you could be a longer wait than we expect with those guys, especially if there's no market for AB. The Bucks might not want to commit to anything until they get close to the really season. There's not really a huge rush right now. Right? There's not a huge rush. I think Mark was talking about this on the podcast the other day. There's different waves of free agency, and we're kind of on like in between the second and third one right now, and then the next one comes right around training camp. So, I mean, this could be a question that we're talking about now that doesn't get answered until, you know, August, which right. is fine because right. – Everyone has time right now. Yeah, I agree. It, we we could be. I think Leonard's situation will get resolved earlier, yeah. uh, but uh, I don't think. Uh, yeah, AB's could be a longer term. We just don't know. His whole situation, as every cap expert that we've had on here has said, his whole situation is just pretty odd with AB. There's nothing straight, standard or straightforward about it. So we have a defensive tackle, potentially defensive tackle, a nose tackle type, a run stuffer type of defensive tackle. Maybe we have uh, potentially a center. We'll yeah. And this is if Leonard and AB come back. A uh, number four corner possibility uh, for the team to be able to add safety, maybe. But I think Javon Hagen, they liked his special teams last year in camp. I think they want to see him step into the number four role. And is Dakota Dixon still around? What's up with that dude? Do you remember? No, he, still he, had some, he had some really good training camps. Yeah, they liked him like, as a special like, teamer. That was a guy that Bruce Aarons was pretty high on That's too. Right. That, yeah. So I, yeah, I mean. I don't remember if he's still around or not. I literally can't yeah, remember I'm not what happened. Sure what his situation is right now, but I mean, if he pops somebody up, somebody look it up. Campus, I wouldn't. Some, somebody look it up and let us know where Dakota Dixon's at. We yeah. don't remember. <laughs> we're the professionals. Yeah, well, uh, he, I believe, he went to Wisconsin. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, shout out to the Wisconsin crowd because anytime at training camp, when a when a guy like when Jack Sitchie would make a play or Dakota Dixon, the Wisconsin crowd gets hyped when they're college football players turned NFL players make plays because I'm telling you when I would post a video or something of that player making a play, it would instantly get like a ton of views all from like Wisconsin football accounts and stuff like that. So shout out to the Wisconsin football program because they really rep hard for their guys when they make it to the NFL. That's true. They do. And hardly any of their guys go early too. So they, that's why they, I think root for them so hard is because they stayed yeah. the whole time at Wisconsin and the fans love that. So uh, but yeah, Dakota Dixon, I remember because I think Trevor and our when back when I was in lockdown NFL draft, I think Trevor gave him like a second round grade the day before the draft or something, just because he loved his story so much. <laughs> we knew he wasn't gonna go until like late in the draft, but Trevor just fell in love with the dude. He was like, dude, he's gonna make it. He's a stud. Um, so I hope oh, he comes um, back to the Bucks. Ren says not, he was cut from the practice squad. Not to cut you off, but uh, happy birthday, Trevor. It is Trevor's yes. birthday today. Happy so. birthday. Shout out to the GOAT Sigma. Uh, yeah. Ren says that uh, Dakota was cut from the practice squad. I remembered that, but then I thought he came back, but I could be – or went to injury reserve or something. I don't remember how. But he So he's not anywhere right now, so he might come back for camp. We'll see. Um, but I think one of those guys, somebody like that, or a guy they draft, he's going to be the fourth safety. I don't think they sign anybody for that. So – what last spot edge defender? That's the spot, right? This is yeah, the spot, man. There's like 50 veterans out there, Matt. They're just dying for a shot at a ring. Bring one of these guys in, J Justin Houston or Ryan Kerrigan. You can't go into the season with Anthony Nelson, and you can't count on getting a rookie necessarily. And 
Yes, yeah, that's, that's the issue with some of these positions. I'm just like, okay, they'll address this in the draft. They'll address that in the draft. Pick so, 32. Yeah, I know. But you're right. I mean, if they went into the draft, it's not the end of the world. If they, it was a rookie and Anthony Nelson is the backups next season. Obviously, if somebody gets hurt, you're, you're in trouble. You know, they were lucky. But JPP yeah. and Shaq played every game last year, right? So um, it is – it is something that I mean. That's the thing. Dude. That's what Scott and I always talk about. If situation could get bleak quickly because they right. just don't have another pass rusher. After Honestly, pass. there's like, there's like a, a lot of there's a lot of names still out there at edge rusher that oh know. plenty of names yeah plenty yeah. of names some of them are cooked but but some of them I right. mean legitimately could still give you like I mean I don't know if Ryan Kerrigan is looking to start but some yeah. of them could legitimately give you you know pretty decent reps I think still so. Another place you'll get some pretty decent reps out of several people in this chat is on Locker Room. Locker Room is changing the way we talk sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. As many people in this chat know, we jump into the locker rooms that we do on a regular basis. We react to sports news as it happens. We gather all our friends and watch parties for the biggest games. You can rep your favorite teams. Find your community. Bucks fans, you found that community with us at Pewter Report. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation on Locker Room. Lots of cool conversations happening on Locker Room right now because even if you're a Bucks fan, there are NFL draft conversations happening right now in Locker Room that can educate you about a lot of these prospects with a lot of good analysts out there. So download Locker Room, join the app, follow Peter Report, look around for some other good personalities. There are plenty on there that are giving some good information. I know personally when I do my uh, my Bucks briefing, kind of usually on Tuesday nights, when I do my Locker Room session, and you can ask Ren and you can ask Jack who are in the chat and some other people, um, if I give away a, a few tidbits here and there and that I don't necessarily give away on the pod and stuff to our little small group that's in there, I get to hear some stuff not everybody else here. So it's cool stuff. Uh, so download Locker Room, follow Peter Report, and uh, you'll get invited to those rooms when those locker rooms open. Uh, you'll get an invite to them. So good stuff. Uh, we've kind of gone through the situation for the box. They may sign an outside free agent, but the options are very limited. <laughs> not just because of the cap space, but really more than anything, it's because of the fact that they just don't need that many things. This is a pretty complete team, Matt. Uh, there's not a lot of holes and we'll see what happens in the coming days with A.B. and Leonard Fournette and Blaine Gabbert, Ross Cockrell, even Steve McClendon. But we're running out of questions, and we've got a lot of answers, and they're looking pretty good for the Bucs. They could literally return this whole team at this point. It's pretty wild. Right now, it's champagne problems for the Bucs. That's right. It really is. It's that. It's been that kind of an offseason. So it's been fun stuff. The Bucs are, are kind of recalibrating themselves for another run. We'll continue to look at free agents as it happens. But next week especially, we will heavily turn our attention to the draft on this podcast, no matter what's happened with A.B. and Leonard. We have waited it out for those guys. We'll see what ends up happening with them, but we will wait no longer. We move forward next week. We are very draft-focused. UNC's Pro Day, I believe, is tomorrow. There's a couple different dates listed for it. Hopefully it's tomorrow because I'm showing up for a media session, <laughs> a virtual media session of four tomorrow. So we will talk about Javante Williams and Michael Carter, their pro day performances. We'll talk about that on Monday. We'll also get to talk to those guys, hopefully, Lord willing, ask them some questions, see if they have met with the Bucks at all, uh, things of that nature. Um, so we'll discuss that with those guys uh, tomorrow, hopefully, if it is tomorrow. And also some reports say that it's Monday, the pro day. So I emailed the NFL to find out when it is. But uh, either way, Monday is Miami's Pro Day as well. So Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche, Gregory Russo, Russo, who a lot of people 
they've put those three in the conversation with the Bucs at some point in time. That's on Monday. I'm trying to remember what other ones were on Monday. There's a bunch of pro days that have Bucks, Cal, Bucks players, players that have been heavily linked to the Bucs on Monday um, and on Tuesday as well. I think Alabama is their second pro day on Tuesday. I don't know if Najee Harris is going to run or not. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Mac Jones will throw again, I think. Um, Washington, I believe, is on Tuesday. Joe Tryon, Levi Onrozarike. On um, East Carolina with Deontay Smith, who we've talked about a lot to the Bucs. Um, is on is on that day too. So we'll, again, we'll be in a lot of these. We'll be talking to them about whether they met with the Bucks. We'll talk heavily NFL draft next week. We'll get into my edge rankings at some point next week. Uh, those are going to come out uh, once Miami's pro day is over and Washington's pro day is over, and I get some of the results that I need to finalize the grades there. Those will be out like Wednesday or Thursday probably. So we'll talk about them on one of those shows. Going to be a fun week as always. So we appreciate you all. From Amatera, I'm John Ledyard. Thanks so much for joining us on another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out! We're the champs. Out.